dazzling images on a huge silver screen. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this, and stories feel perfect and powerful. Because here, they are. Welcome to the very first mini-episode of In a Place Like This. I'm Chris Michael Smith. So many episodes are for multiple reasons. Uh, number one, it's to catch up on things I may have missed in the previous episode. Uh, recording and editing that first episode was a learning experience for me in that uh, sound quality does matter. I am working on getting a better microphone. Also, conversations have a tendency to go in a very unpredictable direction that could make me sort of forget to talk about things that I kind of wanted to talk about, which we will get to later in this episode. Uh, you may have noticed in the last episode, I said we'll get to that later a couple times and we just never got to it. So that's going to be corrected here. Also, with our inconsistent recording schedule, uh, with all the movie news and things that happen in the meantime, I would like to comment on and catch up on those things. And this week, we have the Oscars. So, elephant in the room. Uh, I'm not going to be discussing the slap incident. Uh, there are enough comments and bad takes and all around all over the internet, all over Twitter, and you know what? The internet does not need another one of those. So uh, that's all I'm going to say on that. On to the main show. I really didn't have a problem with any of the winners, uh, like at all, which is kind of a rarity. I usually disagree with something, but to be honest, um, I think this year's selection of winners was very good. I'm going to be skipping a couple categories, uh, mainly because I haven't seen any of the movies. This would be within the shorts category because um, there's a huge distribution problem when it comes to the shorts in that if you're going to miss the shorts film festival, you are basically going to miss the shorts pretty much forever. Like, they never show up on any streaming platform. I'm still trying to catch up on last year's shorts, and unless they got a deal with Netflix, you're just never going to see them. Or Disney shorts. They they always put those things on Disney+. Plus. But other than that, you just don't see them. So, cutting some categories off of the telecast was a very bad idea. Uh, maybe don't do that next year. You thought you could save time. <laughs> Joke's on you. You're show actually ran longer this year than it did last year, and that's saying something. I will say it was a better show than last year because, you know, we got clips this time. Could have done without the Bruno segment, but, you know, that that's just me. Dune went and swept all of the tech categories, basically, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, all right. I can't, I can't, I can't complain. I can't, like, disagree with that because, yeah, it was a it looked amazing in pretty much every aspect. So like uh, visual effects and uh, film editing, that was the surprise one. I was kind of expecting that to go to something like Power of the Dog. It got like cinematography, production design, sound, score, Hans Zimmer's score. Like, yeah, it winning a majority of the awards last night, granted they were all in tech categories. Uh, Doom did really, really well. And honestly, I can't complain about anything that it won. It really, even though everyone else had great work put into them, like Dune was just on a completely other level that's uh, 
that's definitely speaking to the talents of Denis Villeneuve. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. French is very difficult for me. I'm trying. I'm on Duolingo. Cruella took costume design, which, you know, I can't complain about that either. The costumes in that were fantastic. I'm glad it was nominated, and honestly, like, it's win. I, I can't... I have nothing bad to say about that. This is one of those, and... I, there are a few of those last night where it really was anyone's game. Uh, I didn't think we had clear front runners all season, which, by the way, that makes the whole thing way more exciting. And I'm glad that we've kind of gone in this direction over the past few years. So, yeah, I, I'm good with Cruella's win, and that's going to happen a few times tonight. Just a heads up on that. The Eyes of Tammy Faye took makeup, which is one of those examples where makeup has this marriage with the performance like it's a, you can't really separate it as much as great as jessica chastain was more on that later for real this time uh the makeup is definitely a part of that performance and uh as she even mentioned later in the night that makeup helps bring that performance out so yeah that was a good this is a good win you know there were other great examples dune with its great makeup work that it's like one of the few tech categories dune did not win but i have i can't argue with this win when it comes to cinematography and production design yes dune was great in all aspects it's one of the most visually astounding movies of the year but I feel like this was also a bit of a missed opportunity to maybe award films that would not see anything last night. I'm thinking, of course, of films like Nightmare Alley, which had exquisite production design. Like, if the, the movie itself, if the movie itself doesn't work for you, you can't deny that it looked amazing. Like, both in cinematography and production design, like, that one was... It was gorgeous, just absolutely beautiful. And the other one was The Tragedy of Macbeth, which is one of my favorite Shakespeare adaptations at this time. The production design and the cinematography felt like characters in the movie. They were interesting. You don't see things like that very often, and I would have liked to see that sort of aesthetic rewarded. But I also wouldn't take anything away from Dune. I just feel like, mm, can, can we do both? Can we have a tie? We, our last, when was our last Oscars tie? Like, no one will be mad. We let uh, Barbara Streisand and uh, Catherine Hepburn have their tie, <laughs> you know? One of the biggest surprises, though, of the night was Billie Eilish winning for No Time to Die. Uh, it was an amazing song. It's a great bomb theme. Um, I really expected Lin-Manuel Miranda to walk away with that Oscar, but again, No Time to Die is a fantastic Bond theme. It fits the movie beautifully, and Billie Eilish is amazing. Like, her career has been through the roof. Like, last year she had two documentaries made about her on two different streaming platforms. This year she's winning an Oscar. She already has Grammys. Like, she's halfway to an EGOT, and she's in her early 20s, and it's it's phenomenal. She is a super talented songwriter, and I'm really happy for her. She does deserve this. I will say that the worst thing about the whole slap moment is that it took away Questlove's moment, and it was a beautiful moment. It Go back, find it on YouTube, find his speech. It is 
amazing. Summer of Soul winning Best Documentary was well-deserved. It is an incredible film. You can find it on Hulu. It is awesome. Check it out when you have the chance. I can't sing its praises enough. If there is ever an international feature uh, nominated for Best Picture that does not win for Best Foreign Language Feature, uh, that will be a huge surprise. So as soon as Drive My Car was nominated for Best Picture, it's like, well, that's going to be the Best International Feature. So no surprise there and also no complaints. Uh, I This is one of the few years where I have seen all five of the International Feature nominees. They are all incredible. Once again, if you have a chance to see them, see them. They are amazing. The Worst Person in the World was also up for Best Screenplay. Well-deserved. Uh, there's some that are less known, like Lunana, Yak in the Classroom. It is gorgeous. It is a beautiful movie to look at check that one out uh the hand of god also looks amazing but drive my car was my personal favorite of the nominees so i highly recommend that one as well i'll i'll so drive my car is one of those movies that requires a lot of work from the audience it's a very slow moving on purpose stoic movie uh it, the backdrop of the movie is anton chekhov's uncle vanya and it plays like a checkoff play. Uh, you have to be paying attention. You have to be willing to give it your patience. But if you give that movie your patience, it will reward you. It's an incredible film. Uh, I was rooting for it for Best Picture, but you know, I, I didn't have, I, I didn't think it was going to win. So <laughs> surprise, surprise, Encanto took Best Animated Feature. Uh, yeah, this was this was its year. We. That I had, if anything was going to give it a run for its money, it was going to be Flea. But even with the popularity of the Mitchells versus the Machines, which look, all five of these movies were great, so no, no disrespect here. But once Encanto came out, and uh, especially after it hit Disney Plus, it became one of the year's biggest hits. So, yeah, <laughs> Encanto, best animated feature. The minute. I knew Coda was going to take Best Picture was when it took Best Adapted Screenplay. Because The Power of the Dog, the other frontrunner, was also up for that Oscar. And the fact that it didn't win it was like, oh, yeah, this might be Coda's night. Um, and, yeah, Coda had a fantastic screenplay. There's going to be... I know there's a lot of complaints right now that Coda was the big winner. I'll get more to that later, but yeah, the adapted screenplay is a well-deserved Oscar here. But Belfast took original screenplay, which, cool. All right. It didn't make my top 10 for the year, mainly because 2021 was just stacked with amazing films. Uh, in fact, most of my top 10 got completely snubbed this year. But, like, any other year, Belfast might have made my top 10. It is a very beautiful movie, sweet, funny, charming. Uh, yeah, I can't really complain about this win. Kenneth Branagh did a great job here. Ariana DeBose taking Best Supporting Actress. Not a surprise at all. She very much deserved it. It was a fantastic performance. Uh, the second time the character of Anita won an Oscar... The only thing, and it's weird because I don't know who I would like bump off. Like I would just up it to six. I think Rita Moreno would have been a nice nominee here too. But all the same, I wouldn't give it to anyone other than Ariana DeBose. She was phenomenal. Also not surprising in a very emotional and heartfelt moment of the night was Troy Kotzer winning for Best Supporting Actor. 
uh, delivering his acceptance speech in sign language, and it was beautiful. It was funny. It was sweet. And I am so happy for him. And that movie was just... Well, we'll go to the movie later because it was up for Best Picture. Best Actress, and I've been saying this all season long, this one was anybody's game. All five of these women were the front runner, like, at some point. And Jessica Chastain got a little bit of a bump from SAG, but it, nothing was set in stone. And, yeah, it was a high camp performance, of course, but the it was... Also very endearing. It was funny. It was sweet. It was sad. Jessica Chastain brought a lot to that character of Tammy Faye. And even if the movie doesn't quite gel, it's a good movie. There are a few things that could have made it a great movie, but Jessica Chastain brought her A-game to that performance. I knew she was going to at least get nominated when I saw it, and she won it. She deserves it. She deserves her moment in the sun. She has deserved it for a very long time. So, yeah, let's let her have it. It's it's a well-deserved win. Best Actor was a little bit easier to predict. Uh, Will Smith had been a frontrunner for some time. I was a little cautious on that, mainly because they were going with the, well, it's his time narrative. And like, well, the Academy doesn't do things that way anymore, at least not as much as they used to. But yeah, he it ha- it is his time. He did a great job in King Richard. And sports biopics for me don't really gel with me that much. Uh, to me, like they're kind of like music biopics in that they all kind of look samey to me because you know they just follow that same formula but will smith and anjanu ellis really delivered in that movie and I, I even when that movie came out i'm like these at least one of them is going to win an oscar and i was not wrong jane campion the first woman to be nominated for best director twice another historic thing that I think was pretty cool is that this is the first time ever that two years in a row a woman has won Best Director because of course Chloe Zhao won it last year. Uh, The Power of the Dog was a beautiful looking film. Uh, The camera placement and the staging of it was exquisite. It was perfection. Jane Campion worked her ass off to make this an amazing movie. She deserves this win. Absolutely. Uh, The pacing of it might not be to everyone's uh, liking, because it is a very slow-moving movie. Much like Drive My Car, you have to be paying attention to everything that's going on. Much of the uh, story is told through uh, subtext. Um, So again, if you're not paying attention, if you're like letting it play in the background, you're not going to get from it everything you're supposed to get from it. So yeah, this is another one of those movies that give it your attention. It will reward you for it. And that brings us to tonight's big winner, Coda. Uh, Coda was, uh, when I watched it, I knew it was going to get something. I didn't know Best Picture, but also you got to consider that we've been through two years of just horrible news. We are feeling bad right now. We have been feeling bad for quite some time. And this movie comes along. It makes you feel good. It is entertaining. It is well-written. It is beautifully acted. It explores universal themes. And I think it's one that 
people can easily get behind. You have to leave the cynicism at the door for it. But honestly, if you do that, you'll find a lot to enjoy with Coda. I think it's a good win. Uh, even if it's like what the quote safe pick or whatever, uh, let them have a safe pick this year. We've we've been through a whole lot. We need something that makes us feel good. Coda makes us feel good. And it's it, to boot, it's a great movie. So, yeah, I do think it's hilarious how Netflix has been trying to be the first streaming platform to win Best Picture. And here comes Apple TV Plus, like going, nope, mine. <laughs> Quick note about the uh, Oscar fan pick and Oscars cheer moments. Uh, don't be surprised if they don't bring that back next year. Um, I guess... Uh, that night, the fanboys and the trolls had their day, and that's all I'm going to say about that. If I were to list off, like, my personal slate of winners and nominees, uh, number one, I haven't done that, and number two, I would be here all day because, you know, I have a lot of opinions on this. So, this is supposed to be a mini-episode. To keep it short and sweet, I'm going to go ahead and instead offer my top 25 films of 2021. In the Heights, Drive My Car... West Side Story, Titan, Annette, This Is Not a Burial, It's a Resurrection, Belle, Spencer, Zola, The Green Knight, The Last Duel, Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes, Dune, Candyman, Coda, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, Encanto, Nine Days, Come From Away, The Beatles Get Back, the Tragedy of Macbeth, The Harder They Fall, Passing, and Tick Tick Boom. Next week, um, I'm thinking maybe making a mini-sode just for that while I prepare the next full episode, because I would like to do a quick deep dive on my favorite movies from last year. So last week, I met with Justin Garrett to discuss Batman movies, and there were a couple topics that I did want to discuss that I completely forgot to bring up. Uh, just mainly the course of the conversation steered us away from there, and we just never made our way back. So it is my pleasure to once again reintroduce to you Justin Garrett. Hello, everybody. Hello, Justin. Thank you for coming back onto the show this week. We really do appreciate no that. No problem. No problem. It's fun. So in 2004, uh, Warner Brothers released a standalone Catwoman movie featuring Halle Berry. <sighs> they sure did. Yeah. Halle Berry famously accepted her Razzie for this, which the only thing I don't like about that is it gave legitimacy to the Razzies. But other than that, like, she was a good sport about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think time, it's one of those movies that time might have been a little bit better too. Uh, even though I, I'm not going to say that this was like a classic by any means, but... You know, there's like a bit of a camp factor to it that kind of, I don't know, it makes it a little more fun to watch. What do you think? No, that totally makes sense. Like going back and watching it now, it's it's fun. It's a fun little quib movie. Like you don't have to think much of it, but it's still like fun to watch. It's very cat-like, which I really enjoy. Like she's like very out of cat, all of them, the catnip one where yeah. she's like rubbing the catnip on her face. In that movie, it's more of like a superpower yeah and it is like just like i like cats kind of thing yeah but and this is like in the tim burton canon too because like there's a part where someone throws a bunch of pictures of like all the different 
the, his, the cat women in history, and one of them is Selena Kyle, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, okay, that's a nice little so hidden it's gem. Kind of in that universe. And yeah, it kind of like got the worst reviews. And yeah, my biggest issue with it is how everything was computer generated. Literally everything, everything including yeah. Catwoman. And I don't think at that time people were prepared for a POC Catwoman. I think that was another factor going against that movie. Yeah. It, yeah, that too. I, I feel like people weren't going to give it a chance. Yeah, but I really enjoy her costume. The costume was cool. I do love the costume. Yeah. Little uh, dominatrix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Catwoman. Uh, not the best movie, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> uh, we also forgot to mention uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler in the new Batman movie, which I'm upset that I forgot to mention that because I thought he was amazing. He was really good. It was very dark. And would I would I be out of line to say he was comparable to Heath Ledger as the Joker? Yeah, I think they teeter on the same same line. I mean, of course, Heath Ledger is Heath Ledger, but the only thing I don't like about this Riddler is that I think they went a little too serious, too dark with him. Like, he's he's very much, like, comp comparable to, like, the Zodiac Killer. Like, yeah, very, very serial killer. Um, like, the, there was riddles, but he they took, they took it more that he, like, likes riddles and not that he's, like, a comedic type person himself yeah i feel like if christopher nolan were to do the riddler it would look a lot like this yeah i would i would have guessed his riddler would have been like this after his bane yeah. yeah uh i i like the deep voice i didn't even recognize i had to look it up who he was and i was like oh wow it's him and yeah I, i've liked paul dono for a really long time he was i think his performance in there will be blood was kind of underrated um he was really good in little miss sunshine yes. like he's like he's a very dynamic actor who could just change on a whim and that like he's really talented yeah i really enjoyed that about him and he really did he really did bring the character to life yeah and of course we have colin farrell as uh the penguin who i had no idea i didn't even know he was in the movie until like one day i was like i'm just gonna look on imdb and we thought like, it was colin a spoiler farrell, <laughs> It's Colin Farrell. We thought it was a spoiler. Did they mean to put this on here? Like, <laughs> yeah. and then I went back and watched it. I was like, oh, he's the penguin. Like, yeah, this is uh, the makeup work on this was phenomenal. It was great. It was great. I could see his eyes, but like beyond that, it doesn't look like him at all. Yeah. Uh, we also had a Q&A session planned for the last episode that I also forgot to put on there. Uh, Q&A is usually going to run a little bit longer, but this week we only had one question. It came from Art of Clark Silva on Instagram. The question is, who would be your ideal Batman cast? Boy, oh boy, that is a that is a tough question. I know. Um, are you still need to think about it? Yep. Well, I actually had something. A few years ago, I... Uh, as an April Fool's joke, I came up with my idea for a Batman movie that was set to take place in the Burton-era canon uh, to take place six months after Batman Returns. Um, my pick for Batman actually got canceled since then, so I'm going to have to think of a different Batman. Um, <laughs> but for Catwoman, I had Scar either Scarlett Johansson, Emma Stone, or Gemma Arterton. Uh, you know, that was part of the joke, is like they haven't picked one yet. Uh, the villain was going to be Killer Croc, played by 
Andy Serkis in a motion capture performance. Uh, Andy Serkis, most famous for playing Gollum in Lord of the Rings, and also he is Alfred in The Batman. I also had the late Christopher Plummer uh, cast as Alfred. Uh, since then, he has uh, sadly passed away, but I think he would have made a really good Alfred. And Benedict Cumberbatch as Victor Freeze, not yet Mr. Freeze, but, you know, suggesting that there would be a Mr. Freeze in the future. And yeah, that was my, uh, my, uh, my idea for a Batman cast. As I kind of went through it, 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 I was like, you know what, I actually kind of would watch this movie, but um, I need to rethink my Batman because, uh, yeah, <laughs> things, this was written in 2013 and did not age well. And I think for me, um, I've always wanted a Gotham City Sirens movie. Ooh. So for my Batman, mine are probably going to be on the younger side because I want want their immediate like their backstories but my batman i've always wanted um tyler hochin oh from team wolf yeah yeah she's right currently playing superman yeah that's what I, was thinking. I would love him as batman i could see that actually. and then as robin i actually want the current robin in the titans show uh brenton thwaites he's a great robin slash nightwing and i think he's perfect um as my um Poison Ivy, I'm going to go from Riverdale's Madeline Petch. Petchy? Petch, yeah. Yeah. Um, she plays Cheryl Blossom, and since episode one, her attitude was perfect. I thought she'd be an amazing Ivy. And as my Catwoman, I'm going back to Teen Wolf, and I'm going to cast Shelly Hennigan. Hennigan? Hennigan. Cheryl Hennigan? Yes. I think she'd be great. She's very charismatic. She's very cat-like when you watch Teen Wolf and I think she'd be great and as my Harley I'm gonna go with Anya Taylor-Joy oh, I think she is a, amazing I think she'd be a great Harley and she has that amazing amazing talent of just being amazing actress like she's just so good in everything she does I kind of now want to see a movie she can play crazy as Harley yeah so those would be my Gotham City sirens I also forgot to mention my Robin. I had Nicholas Holt okay. as Robin. Uh, actually, in my April Fool's joke, he has denied rumors that he will be playing Robin. But, you know, that that was part of the April Fool's joke. I would love that. Yeah. Uh, who would I pick for Batman, though? You know what? Because it's in the Burtonverse, why, why, why not just bring back, like, Michael Keaton or, I don't know, Val Kilmer? Okay. Yeah. And this is fantasy casting, so, you know, in their prime. In case you're curious, the uh, actor who I joked about playing Batman would have been James Franco. It was part of the April Fool's joke. It was to make it a little more, you know, it's strange enough that they actually might have done it. But, you know. I actually probably could just actually see him as Joker. Like, he's got that huge ass mouth. Well, yeah. He does have a big mouth. Yeah, so I, I can totally <laughs> see him being Joker. Yeah. Okay, I can see that too. Yeah, and this was like fresh off of like he was up for an Oscar for that uh, 127 Hours movie. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it was still fresh in people's mind. Obviously, like no one was fooled by this April Fool's joke. And I didn't have any delusions that they would be. All right, I think we just about covered all of our bases for last week's episode. Uh, thank you, Justin, for coming back to the uh show no problem no problem 
Cool. And guests, uh, if you would like to record a mini-sode after the episode that we record, feel free to let me know. Uh, I will always offer that. And it just know that it's also not, it's not, um, you know, required. It's just, you know, you have the option. Yeah. And that's our first mini-sode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate and review us on wherever you're listening to podcasts just to kind of boost, uh, you know, uh, boost us, give us the signal boost that we kind of need because we're a new and very amateur podcast. Uh, also, uh, if you have any questions that you would like to be read aloud on the show, just hit us up on our Twitter page or our Instagram. On Twitter, you could find us uh, in a pod like this. And on Instagram, in a place like this podcast. You can also hit us up there if you would like to be a guest on the show. Uh, I'm always looking for guests if you have any ideas of what you want to discuss, or you can go off of one of my list of ideas. Uh, there are a few things I would like to discuss as well. And here I am speaking in plurals. Uh, let's just say for now, this is sort of a royal we as in I. Uh, it is just one person doing this podcast uh, with a guest. So I guess when I say we, I'm referring to uh, my guests. Also, please forgive the sound quality of the episodes. Once again, I don't have a professional mic yet, so you may have heard my squeaky chair a couple times. Uh, my, oh, now it doesn't squeak. There we go. Yeah, there it is. My squeaky chair. There it is. Yeah. So, yeah, I do apologize for that. Stay tuned as I'm working on my next mini episode, which is going to go uh, deep dive on the top 25, in my opinion, of 2021. And, uh... I will get to work immediately on my next full episode. This has been In a Place Like This. I hope you are not just entertained, but somehow reborn together.